This week's episode of Ave Explorers is brought to you by Forte Catholic, a weekly Catholic comedy podcast hosted by Taylor Schroll and his co-hosts, Father Anthony Sharapa, John Blevins, Allison Sullivan, and Liv Harrison. Think of it like youth group, but for adults. Have a blast while growing in your faith by subscribing today on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is Ave Explorers. A number of years ago, I was a freshman theology teacher. It feels like another lifetime ago, in fact. And one of the big things that we did every year, right as we arrived at the Lenten season, typically on Ash Wednesday, in fact, was have our students across the whole school write down what they were doing for Lent, maybe what they were going to give up or what they were going to commit themselves to doing by way of prayer or generosity, right, almsgiving. And, and most especially, we would dig into that first one, right? What are you giving up? What are you walking away from? What are you fasting from? And the students would put the sticky notes up on the wall of the foyer of our theology department so everybody could see basically what everybody else was doing and what they were giving up. Kind of this visual reminder of the fact that all of us, all 550 some odd people throughout the school community, were walking into the Lenten season together. And I'll never forget the student who came up to me maybe a week, a week and a half into Lent and said, I need to change my sticky note. And I said, well, I, I would love for you to tell me where your sticky note is on the wall in the first place. I'm not exactly sure I know where you put it. And he said, I know, I know where it is. And so out of curiosity, and, and because I think a teacher has a right to ask these kinds of questions, especially a theology teacher who's trying to really grow in relationship with students as they grow in relationship with Christ, I said, so why, why do you need to change it? And he said, well, I'm just, I'm not doing as well as I'd like to do. So I, I think I need to make a change so that I can actually succeed at Lent. I've thought about that conversation a lot. You know, I, I let the student find a sticky note and, and change it out. He'd, he'd given up like Netflix or something and he was having a hard time doing it. So he was changing it to something a little more manageable. Like I'm going to give up Netflix during the week and maybe only watch like a movie or a show on, on Friday or Saturday. And we had a, a really great conversation. This young man is an incredibly smart and kind young man who, who's still very Catholic and, and still very devoted to his faith. And I thought it was so interesting that he, one, recognized that he maybe needed to set for himself a more manageable goal, quote unquote, but then, too, that phrase, I, I, I just want to be able to succeed at Lent. What does that mean? What does it mean to succeed at Lent? And, and even more so, why do we think of it that way? I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to rag on the student by any means. I think he was approaching it with as, as much thought as would be expected of a teenage boy. I, I'm, I'm really very grateful that he was thinking about his Lenten experience, and obviously it's given me something to think about for years but so many of us, this is what we do. We walk into Lent thinking, I need to succeed. I need to win. I need to do the best Lent that I could possibly ever have. Uh, I, I need to take care of all of these spiritual pursuits. I'm going to go to daily mass. I'm going to do a, a holy hour every single week. I'm going to pray three rosaries a day. I'm going to donate 10% uh, more than I typically do. I'm going to give up every soda that I've ever seen. I'm not going to have any desserts. And you, you won't even know that the television exists because we're going to take it out of the living room. We put for ourselves these these plans, we set these plans in motion that either we give up on them a couple of weeks into the Lenten season, or we realize none of those are actually helping us, quote unquote, succeed at Lent. Instead, they're maybe making us resent Lent. 
or they're making Lent this project as opposed to a journey through the desert, a journey closer to the heart of Christ. There's been a a trend throughout Catholic ministry in the past few years, and it's been interesting to watch, really trying to reclaim Lent for what it's meant to be. Not just this spiritual boot camp where I try to succeed and win, lose a few pounds because I give up the sugar and be a little more generous because I decide to give up my Starbucks and take that money and, and give it to Catholic charities. But instead, Lent is something that allows me to maybe make those conscious commitments and changes, but not just because I want to do something or give something up because everybody told me that's what I need to put on my list, but because Jesus Christ, in a very distinct and and particular way, is intentionally inviting me to look at my heart, to look at what's been hurting, what's been bleeding, what's been wounded, And then take those wounds, take that bleeding, take that hurt, and bring it to Christ for healing. To step into the desert and not just see the desert as a place where I'm going to get buff for Jesus, but as a place where I'm going to hand my brokenness to Christ and be transformed by him and his presence and arrive on the other side of Lent, journey through the desert and arrive at Easter and the celebration of Christ's resurrection a more whole person. Sister Miriam James Heidland is definitely one of the people who's been at the forefront of helping us reimagine what Lent is and, and what it should be in our lives. And partnering with Ave Maria Press, she and Valerie Delgado created a beautiful Lenten journal with incredible images, probing questions, deep reflections, and ultimately an invitation for you and for I to step into the Lenten season and seek out the restoration that only comes from Christ. And so we on Ave Explorers decided, well, let's do an entire deep dive with her. And let's let's look at the themes that will come up throughout the Lenten season with this book, Restore, and, and walk together through this idea of forgiveness. Walk together through the idea that There are these root sins in my life that I need to pay attention to. Walk together through this understanding of woundedness and healing and how Christ stands between those two things in my life and brings me to restoration and shows me his face as I seek out that healing, which again can really only come from him. Throughout the course of the Lenten season, we will have a weekly podcast here on Avi Explorer. So if you're subscribed, stay subscribed, share it with a friend, go onto our website and sign up for the weekly email so you don't miss a single episode. And we're going to dig into the themes of the season that Sister Miriam writes about, about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving in general, with people that you probably recognize, Father John Burns, who wrote Ave's Advent book. We're going to sit down with Sister Josephine Garrett to talk about our root sins, to to talk to Dr. Bob Schutz about what healing is ultimately supposed to be, what forgiveness looks like with Heather and Jake Kim. Michelle Benzinger and I uh, dig into generosity and the giving of alms and how that can transform us. Honest, raw, real, insightful conversations with friends of mine, people that I've known for years, really trying to walk through the Lenten journey together. You can grab a copy of Restore wherever books are sold, but I I would recommend going to Ave Maria Press. You'll get it in just a few days after you order it and be able to walk through the Lenten season with the book with us here on the podcast. Abiding Together, Sister Miriam James Heidland's podcast is also doing a deep dive into these themes. 
So you can listen to them. You can listen to us. You can journey through the Lenten season with a, a cohort of people who are seeking the same thing that I hope you are seeking, which is not just to succeed at Lent, but is to find restoration in this liturgical season that the church so wisely gives us. Like I said, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're listening. Just make sure if you're subscribed, you won't miss an episode. It'll pop up into your phone right away. Share it with your friends. Post about it on social media. Go to Ave Maria Press's website and sign up for those weekly emails. But for right now, we hope you sit back and this week enjoy kind of a kickoff to our entire series by sitting down with Sister Miriam James Heidland herself to talk about how entrance into Lent should be done with intentionality and purpose and how Ash Wednesday is ultimately a very revealing day for us about God's healing presence in our lives. Well, Sister Miriam, it's great to see you again. Welcome back to Ave Explorers. Well, hi, friend. How delightful to be with you today. I'm looking forward to our time and whatever the Lord's going to do. Yeah. So I have to say congratulations, first off. Restore is beautiful. It is just such a gift of a journal. And I'm so excited for people to get this in their hands and to begin their Lenten journey. This episode, of course, is on Ash Wednesday. So we are day one of the Lenten journey. And I want to start from really kind of like square one. Why did you want to write Restore? I mean, when publishing, sometimes publishers approach people and they're like, we want this book, but you got to pick what you wanted to write about. Where did the idea come from and and why this topic? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, God bless everybody at Ave Maria Press. So, you know, I wrote a book with Amen. them many years the ago. <laughs> yeah, like eight years ago. And they've been just kindly inviting me to write something ever since. And I I just felt firmly convicted in my heart that if I had another book, I wanted it to be that something that came from my heart. I didn't mm. want to write a book, just try to stay relevant or try to do like some, you know, kind of topic that was, you know, popular at the time. I, I just felt convicted over and over and over again. I'm like, no, if I do write, I want it to be something that's from my heart. And So one of the editors that approached me and said, hey, you know, what do you think about doing a series of just Lenten reflections on whatever you want? And I, several ideas have caught my heart over the years, but that one was like, you know, that's not a bad idea. And it's just something that I just work, you know, almost completely exclusively in a healing ministry now of, Mm -hmm. you know, giving retreats to priests and, and religious sisters and lay people all over the nation and just, you know, praying with people. And, and so it was something that seemed very fitting. And like I mentioned, the introduction of the book, all of us have varying experiences and thoughts about Lent. And some of us love it. Some of us hate it. Uh, Everybody knows something's supposed to happen, but most of us don't know quite what. And so Mm. just to invite people on a journey with Christ that will truly transform them in whatever way they wish with the Lord was something that Mm. I just felt inspired. Like, all right, let's just invite people and see what happens. Yeah. And let's talk about that. Lent... I feel like Lent is the most stigmatized thing in the culture and in the church. My sister-in-law and brother-in-law are not Catholic, and they go to a huge Protestant church in Nashville. It's beautiful. It's They love it. It's where their spirituality has led them. And I walked into their church years ago, and they had Lenten books out. And I was like, wait a second, did the Protestants take up Lent too? Like, what is it? And I got into a conversation with one of the pastors and And he was like, yeah, like the Catholics got that right. Like this whole like rhythm of the year. And I almost wanted to say like, yeah, but a lot of Catholics hate it. Like, yes, you're embracing it as this rhythm of the year, but a lot of us resist it. So let's destigmatize it. What is Lent meant to be? Can we define that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, actually the word Lent means springtime. (laughs) It's, It's a preparation for the coming of Christ and it is, you know, like 40 days in the desert. Jesus spends 40 days in the desert. Moses spends 40 days and 40 nights. And so it's the the Israelites spend 40 years in the desert. So it's this time of preparation of mm-hmm. our hearts for the Lord. 
to prepare to receive him and to prepare to enter into the highest feast day of the entire year, which is the liturgy of Easter mm. of Christ destroying death. Uh, you know, Monsignor Shea in a recent uh, conference we were at, he talked about why did Jesus die for us? And he said, Jesus comes to deal with what afflicts us. And the deepest mm-hmm. affliction we have is death. He's like, it's ultimately not a virus. It's not cancer. It's actually death itself. And those are just kind of mitigating factors that, you know, bring that about. But he said, Jesus comes in into our life to deal and to destroy with the deepest ailment we have, which is death. And so what the Lord is doing in this journey of Lent is he's, he's leading us, which is wonderful, which means we don't have to figure it out or make something up. We're actually literally going to be as Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert. We are going to be led by the Holy spirit and Jesus into the desert to encounter the Lord and to allow him to, to do damage in this speak to all the things that ail us. And so I talk Mm -hmm. about this journey being dangerous because this is a dangerous journey to our ego and to our self-defense mechanisms and to all the things that we put on the pedestal where God belongs. All of us have idols, all the places we want something other than God to save us. Mm-hmm. And the Lord loves us so much. He loves us so much. He's going to allow those things to surface so he can over and over again, rescue us and, and bring us home to his heart to what truly gives us life. Mm. What do you think the something other than God is for most people? Is there like a... I mean, we have an episode later on in the season where we're going to talk about sin and like really figuring out what that is. But you said that phrase, something other than God. And I was immediately reminded of Jennifer Fulweiler's Mm -hmm. book from years ago, which was her conversion story. And she was able to kind of identify like these were the things that distracted me. Maybe there's not one answer, but what do you think it is that people are so distracted by to avoid the desert and to really kind of hate what Lent can do? Mm Mm-hmm. I think uh, it really is variations on a theme and it all goes back to the garden of Adam and even the garden. when the enemy comes to whisper to them that God is not good, he's not your father, he's not going to take care of you. So mm-hmm. you better take care of yourself and define reality on your own terms because God will not give you what you really want. Everything else is a variation on that theme, whether it's pride, whether it's our own pride or idolatry of self, whether it's lust or idolatry of other people or relationships or sex or beauty whether it's the idolatry of anger, where we want to, we want justice on our own terms mm-hmm. and we want it, you know, it's an idolatry of control, like where I have to have control at all times or, you know, you can go through the seven deadly sins or, you know, in Bob's book, he talks, Bob shoots talks about the book, be healed, our deadly wounds, where the, mm-hmm. the infection of sorrow and sin have set into our deep places. And so we act out of our woundedness versus acting out of the places of of vulnerability and transparency and love and Mm -hmm. dependence on God. And so we all have those places. And you know what, Katie, I, you know, you and I, we speak to a lot of people and we meet a lot of people and, you know, more and more the, the whole facade of like, I'm fine. You know, everybody else has their stuff, but I'm fine. I don't buy it. (laughs) I don't believe it. I don't care who you are. I just, (laughs) that is one of our ways that we're just so afraid. Like all of us, myself included, all of us have these tremendously little places and our places of idolatry and the things we go to to try to make ourselves feel better. Every single one of us needs a daily encounter with Jesus and nobody is exempt from that. Mm. And nobody wants to admit that they're not okay. Because then that's like immediately like, you know, like I'm letting down the defenses and somebody can see into that wound. And I think sometimes people get scared that somebody's going to like poke and then it'll just hurt more or they'll rub salt and then it really will hurt more or they'll look at it and they'll be like, oh, that's not that bad. But so it's like we almost my therapist told me this one time is like, I think you like your anxiety because that's something that, you know, you have. And so like there's almost like control 
and being anxious because like, then that's a, an excuse for you. Or like, then that's a reason that this was your response to something. And so it's like, we almost kind of want to cling to our wounds because at least we know what that is. It's the devil we know. Mm-hmm. And so then we can try to control that. And Lent kind of blows that up. Your book kind of blows that up and, and, and invites people to not cling to that. Can you speak to why restore was the theme you wanted folks to focus on here? Yeah. If I, if I could just mention something you just beautifully said yeah. about everything that you just said is so true. And all of us have had experiences where somebody poked our wound or somebody mm. shamed us in our littleness, where somebody told us just to get over it. What's wrong with you? Get over it. Like, you know, it's not a big deal. We've all had those experiences. We've all done that to ourselves. When we've mm. been hurt about something, we're like, why am I so hurt? I'm so stupid. And all the things we say to ourselves, and, and we have had those experiences and I was just listening to somebody give a talk on marriage and they were talking about how even in marriage, there's varying levels of trust that as a Mm. marriage grows, trust grows. And sometimes like there's things you can't say yet because you don't even have that trust in marriage. So it's like, Mm -hmm. how do we grow from self-reliance to, I talk talk, talk about the book, I will let God love me in the place I feel most vulnerable and most dependent. And, you know, forget about, you know, that Netflix documentary about that guy that climbs up the rock, like without any ropes, like free solo, like people talk about that. Yeah. Guy, that's risky behavior. And that, and that is risky behavior, but I tell mm-hmm. you the most risky be- journey you'll ever make is into your own heart. And then mm-hmm. just to stay there with the Lord and let him, let him reveal the truth about who we are. And, and really the book restore, like that word means to bring back. Mm-hmm. It means to bring back. It's not to, you know, make something entirely new or instead of like to recycle or to destroy and build up, it means to bring back. And so like John Paul II says in in his theology of the body, that all of us have an echo of the garden in our soul. All of us have an echo of eternity and it's bringing us back, not to the garden and just the garden of Adam and Eve. It's not like just a restoration of that even. It's actually bringing us back into the truth of who we are, of who Christ sees us to be. He's bringing us into wholeness and communion. So Jesus isn't coming. Mm -hmm. And I say this all the time. Jesus is not coming to fix us. Like God is not coming to fix us. God is coming to bring us in the wholeness and communion. And that looks differently in many different ways in our life, but he's bringing us back home. (laughs) And that's where Mm -hmm. we all want to go. He's bringing us back home to the truest part of who we are in Christ. And he sees that part. And he's the only one who can unveil that part because he sees us in our wholeness. I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Sister Miriam James Heidland. She's always such a delight to visit with, and, and she's got some great insights as we kick off our Lenten journey. It's also always a joy for me to get to share with you who our sponsor is for the season. And we are so excited this season to be partnering with my good friends over at Sock Religious. Yes, the Catholic sock company. You've probably seen these socks on people's feet across the internet. The people that founded this company, the Williams, they are good friends of mine, and they've got such a cool perspective on how we can evangelize by wearing something that people would notice. I mean, I have literally, I've worn my rosary socks from Sock Religious on airplanes countless times and people have noticed them. My daughter has a few of their kids' socks and she's worn them to school for Silly Sock Day. My husband likes to wear his and start conversations with his coworkers and his students. They are a wonderful Catholic company that's evangelizing by literally inviting us to walk the walk. A few weeks ago, I was sitting down for lunch with a good priest friend of mine in Baton Rouge, and I looked over and I spotted the Sacred Heart socks on somebody's feet and thought to myself, a Catholic is nearby. So you can find more about Sock Religious down in the show notes, along with a discount code. We really want you to follow them to find out all the awesome stuff they're creating. You'll be hearing about them all season from our guests. We hope you support this awesome Catholic company, and we are so excited that they are partnering with us this season for Ave Explorers. 
Okay, back to the show and this conversation with Sister Miriam James Heidland. Tommy and I have been married six years in June. And like, we're still just getting to the root of certain things. And like, or like when we fight, it's like, I know exactly what to say to hurt you. And and you know exactly what to say to hurt me. And so then being that vulnerable self, we're doing your book together because we're like, you know what? I think this is something that every night we can like share with each other what we journaled about, what we were thinking about, what this image means to us. I I think a lot of people are going to be going through this book maybe with their their closest friends or, you know, on their own and they'll bring it into spiritual direction. Can you tell us a little bit at the start how the book is structured, like what you wanted to try to walk people through? You know, we've got themes for every week, but what can people expect as they really pray through this book and then listen to the podcast that accompanies it? Sure. Yeah. The the book is set up really in three major, the four, Holy Week is, is its own also, but the three major sections and it's the traditional disciplines of prayer, fasting and almsgiving. And so most people don't know, I didn't know this for a long time. Maybe you knew this, but I didn't know growing up Catholic that those disciplines, which we've inherited from the Jewish faith, like you talk about prayer, fasting and almsgiving throughout the old Testament. And we, we bring those practices in those disciplines are actually meant to be healing disciplines. So Mm. as Adam and Eve are broken in the garden. So from the rupture of original sin, which the rupture is a rupture in relationship. That's where every other sorrow comes from. It's in this rupture of relationship with God, ourselves and others. So in the garden, when Adam and Eve turn away from the father, they are broken within themselves. They're ruptured within themselves and God. So that relationship, mm-hmm. not on his end, but on theirs, they're ruptured in their relationship within. Like St. Paul says, you know, I don't do what I want to do and what I want to do. I don't want to do. I, I don't know what to do. Like, we're like, amen, brother. Like, yeah. don't we all, <laughs> we all know that? <laughs> Absolutely. And, yeah. And then they're also broken in their relationship with each other. That discipline of prayer, which DISC means student. It, it means, it can, and I just, I love that because it never means we have to like graduate. Like we're always in the school of love, which is so great. So we're always learning. So the disciplines of Lent, the disciples mean students. So the discipline of prayer heals our relationship with God. The discipline mm. of fasting heals our relationship with ourselves. It orders our love so that we can love well. And the discipline of almsgiving heals our relationship with others. So mm. it actually has an end. It's not just random stuff. We give up Cheetos or you give up alcohol or, I mean, if that's all we're doing, I mean, fine. If you're addicted to Cheetos, you should do that. But if that's <laughs> all we're doing, we're missing the whole point. It's actually yeah. a healing component to bring us into wholeness and communion in every way. So that on mm. Easter Sunday, we are not the same person we were on Ash Wednesday. And that's the whole point. We're more like Christ. Yeah. We're more intimate with his own heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it's almost as if the wilderness as as Father John will talk about next week, wild and crazy and kind of scary. Mm-hmm. You spend your time there so that you can go, you can loop back around in a, in a safe garden where like you've, I don't know, you've, you've fought the things you needed to fight and you've come out on the other end better. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I guess the thing that I think people are, I mean, I know myself, I don't necessarily want to do the fighting or like I don't necessarily want to do the digging because I know like what that will reveal. Like if I fast from this thing because I realize there's a disordered attachment to it, that then says something about myself that like maybe other people might start to notice too. And again, I don't want to show that to people. I think what your book does very, very tenderly is lead people into those places. There's, I think it's maybe week four, week five, where you like invite people to, to sit quietly with it and just be like, if, if you're ready to allow Jesus to come sit next to you. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe what's your advice for folks who are, are going to find this hard or who mm-hmm. are going to be resistant or, or maybe don't have a companion to walk through them. I mean, you are their companion in the book, but, mm-hmm. but what, what would be your advice to really try to make this as fruitful as possible? Mm-hmm. 
I, I would really say, and I, I don't, I'm not saying it, this any like pietistical tone or at all. Mm-hmm. I would really invite you to let Jesus lead you. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you and I are both literature fans. And, you know, I, I often tell the story of C.S. Lewis and the voyage of the John Treader where Eustace turns into the dragon and he's scratching at himself. And like, that's mm-hmm. such a great analogy of how, what we think healing is many times, or what we think self-knowledge is, is me scratching, mm-hmm. me taking my ugly dragon claws and scratching at my ugly dragon skin And maybe somehow I'll make myself lovable enough so that you'll love me. And that is not what healing is. And Jesus, Mm -mm. he's not ashamed of those little places in our heart because for every sin we have and every wound we have, there's a story that goes very deep. And yes, we have a tendency to sin in our brokenness, but none none of it's random, none of it's arbitrary. Everything, like even even that, that fear of if I discover this about myself because I have a disordered attachment to whatever it is, then that means I'm unlovable or that means that mm-hmm. I'm abandoned or that means. And so we conflate meanings with it. And Jesus, he doesn't see us like that. When St. Julian of Norwich says that when God sees our sin, he sees our pain. Mm. And so he doesn't see us with any judgment or doesn't put us in a box. He understands us. And so I think allowing the Lord to lead us and being willing to be uncomfortable in some of these things, because all of us want to love well. I mean, even if we're in, in like severe addiction or severe sin, like nobody's happy about that. Like nobody, Mm-mm. like, let's be honest. Nobody wants to have an affair. Nobody wants to look at porn. Nobody wants to stop. They can't stop eating a certain thing. Nobody wants to be the gossip. Nobody wants to be addicted to Instagram. I mean, just I, honestly, I don't, nobody wants to be the cold hearted, you know, Mm-mm. combative person in the marriage. Like we have those places out of our own brokenness and our sin and our wounds, but nobody wants that. Like all of us, because we bear an image of God, all of us want to love well and to be loved well. And so how do we do that, but allow Jesus to come into these places? And there just is no other way. It's not trying harder. It's not pretending it's not there. It's not, it's just literally allowing Jesus to come and love us in the places where we're most vulnerable and most dependent. And that's a light, that's holiness and that's lifelong journey. Yeah. 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 I don't think any saint would ever hand somebody a formula and say, you just got to do these 10 things every single day. Like I think most of the saints would look at us and be like, well, you just, you have to allow Jesus to see you for all that you are and recognize that he loves that even when it's messy. We say that to young people all the time and 99% of the time, like I, I struggle to believe it myself, but it's, yep. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, and I, I think what's maybe most comforting is knowing, you know, a bit of your story, which folks can, can read your other book from Ave and learn that story. And I, I told Tommy, I said, I really kind of feel like this is the book that needs to be given, given along. Loved as I am and restore are the Lenten journey that oh, folks yeah. need to go on together, because I think it really does show a, a story of healing. And then now we get to go on this journey, but then also know that like every single person is always still a work in progress as they're doing that. And there's comfort. There's comfort in knowing that I'm not doing that alone. Sister, I guess just my last question is the same question we're asking all of our guests. And so you're, you're the first one that'll get to share this with us. And you kind of talked about it a second ago, but but Lent for many Catholics is a, okay, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. I'm going to do these things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to embody this spirit. I'm going to allow the Lord to do these things within my life. Do you have any like practical tips on how to go through this book? Whether it's, you know, like take time at the beginning of the, of the day or the end of the day, practical tips to make it as fruitful as possible. Because because folks folks like to know, like, how can I do this well, um, even though it's not just a project, but any tips to make Lent fruitful? Sure. I think what we really need to do is we may, need to make an intentional decision to, to do that with the Lord. And so like, you know, like you're a mama and you're a wife and you have a ministry, like nothing just ever happens. I mean, in a sense, like if you want certain things to happen in your day, 
you know that you will have to make that. And that's even part of the discipline as well. I think Jordan Peterson says, if you want to change the world, make your bed first. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, so we have to make time for that. So some people are even you know, night owls. Some people, some of you are moms and you have time during when your kids take a nap, you know, maybe some of you, it's like getting up 20 minutes earlier, but I would just really invite you to just to make it a priority of your day, wherever that is for you. And then make that a priority where there might be days where you miss that, but that doesn't mean the Lent is totally shot and it's all over. Like let's, we'll just start again. And it's like the little things, but I think really allowing, setting that time aside with the Lord. And you might find the Lord takes you in a totally different direction. Amen. Like go for it. But yeah. we really have to make a time for that. And I, I really think you know, when the Lord inspires you of things he's offering, he's asking you to offer up for Lent to, to write those down. So get them out of your head, write mm. them down and tell them to somebody as well. So then that way, somebody in our hearts can, you know, journey with us in those places. And, you know, we can come alongside us. And also on my, my podcast, Abiding Together, we'll be doing a week by week study of the book. So if people want to nice. join us beginning um, Monday of, I think Monday, March 7th is our first. Yeah. Uh, so they can come along with us and they can go chapter by chapter through the book. If yeah. you want to do it, we've got a private Facebook group. You can join our community that as well, but we really have to decide to make it a priority and to make it yeah. something to give that time to the Lord. Yeah. Great advice. Sister, where can we follow you? Well, you can check out our website. My religious community is a Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity. And our website is soulsolt.net. And you can my Abiding Together podcast on Apple, iTunes, every every outlet. Or that's our website as well. And then you can find me on Twitter at One Groovy Nun. So. One Groovy Nun. <laughs> when we're recording this, we are not yet at Bengals Super Bowl time, but it is coming. Gosh, uh, so we will all <laughs> be is, following yeah. you for that. And then in the postscript, I'll be able to give an update on what actually happened. So sister, thanks so much for taking the time. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll yeah. see you again at the end of our season as well. Yeah. Thank you so much, Katie. I just, and I just, can I just pray for everybody right now? Would that be okay? Yeah. Oh, of course, please. Yeah. yeah. So Jesus, I just thank you for this season of Lent. I thank you for your kindness and loving us so much. You want to reveal your heart to us. Jesus, I pray for all of us right now, wherever we find ourselves, I just pray for your tender love, Lord, the understanding love, your unconditional love to come upon each of us right now. I pray, Jesus, that you would cover us in your precious blood this entire season of Lent, that you would close any doors that are open to the enemy. Give us the courage, give us the strength to keep turning back our face to you, Lord. We ask for just your guidance, your wisdom, your healing, Lord. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lead us. We just surrender to you. We submit everything to you, Holy Spirit. We surrender this entire season to you. We surrender our families, our, our, our friends, our religious communities, our spouses, our children. Lord, we surrender everything to you. And we ask that you would lead us and guide us. Mother Mary, please intercede for us during this time as your children, that we could enter into this time of Lent with you, with your son, and to come out in deeper communion with him who loves us forever. And we make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sister. Thank you, friend. I appreciate it. Yeah. We'll see yeah. you soon. We'll see you soon or see you on the journey. You know, Sister Miriam James is a dear friend of mine. We've known each other for a few years. We've had the opportunity to work together at a, a couple of different conferences. And I, I always think back to really the first time that we ever spent a significant amount of time together. It was at an event in Baltimore, Maryland, and she was the keynote. It was a, it was a stacked conference that year. I was hosting it. Sister Miriam was one of the keynotes. Father Mike Schmitz was one of the keynotes. We had a bishop come in and he was one of the keynotes. It was, it was an awesome, awesome event. And after Sister Miriam's keynote, there was a, a line of people that wanted to visit with her and chat with her. And she took the time to talk to every single person who came up to her and said hello. 
And I, I kind of hung around until everybody had said their piece and she'd taken all these photos and she walked over to me and she said, are you hungry? And I said, yeah, let's go down to the hotel restaurant. So we sat down we ended up having fish tacos together and just visited for a bit and, and talked with one another and shared our hearts. And, and we had never really spent a ton of time together up to this point. This was really the first time. And I just remember feeling like I had found a friend Somebody that I could text when I needed to, somebody that I could call when I needed to, somebody that has texted and called me, somebody that has has been a constant spiritual pal. And I know that might sound kind of casual, but in a very real way, Sister Miriam James has been in my life somebody who has spoken a lot of truth, who is encouraged, who is supported, who has listened, who is challenged. And I think she does that with all of us in a beautiful and profound way in this Restore Guided Lenten Journal. I hope you grab a copy of it from Ave Maria Press. You can find a link down in the show notes. I hope you subscribe to this podcast and throughout the Lenten journey, you walk with us as we dig into these themes with so many awesome people. We have episodes coming with Father John Burns, with Dr. Bob Schutz, with Michelle Benzinger, Heather and Jake Kim, Father Justin Brady, Sister Josephine Garrett, amazing folks coming by and sharing their hearts with you and digging into these themes of healing and forgiveness and restoration. I know you're going to enjoy it. I can't wait to walk with you on this Lenten journey. We're so excited that you are here, and we'll see you this coming Sunday for an episode with Father John Burns talking about the desert in general. So subscribe here, wherever you get your podcasts, and on AveMariaPress.com, and we'll walk with you through this Lenten journey for the next 40 days together. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.